0: All right, so we'll say good morning. Let's begin. A lot of beautiful Gemara today. So, we'll say, let, let's pick up last Today's daft is Mem 40. Yes, oh, thank you. We'll say, today's she'er is, is dedicated by Ann Berman in memory of her father, Elliot Miller, Elio Chaim Ben-Ruven, Levi, Zichon, Lebrachah. We hope that on the merit of our Talmud Torahs and Shemul have an aliyah and the family in the Chava. So let's, say, so let's pick up, today's daft is Mem 40, we're picking up on the last line of Lamed Amud Beis. So I'm, Ravashi, I'm Rabbi, so both we'll say we're still, it's us and the Avadim. We're going to be with Yavadin for a little while, still in Mir Tashem? Nah, not so long, but um, it's good. So it says the Gimar, last line of Lama Tesum Da'alif. So I'm going to i So we'll say, remember again, yesterday's hot topic was, and it's going to continue a little bit into today. Ah, no, thank you. That in the event that you are Mafka, in the event that you make your Evet Hefka, so does the Evet require a get Shikra or not? Does the Evet require... A, a document, a document of emancipation or not. And we're going to continue a little bit in that discussion today, kind of trying to figure out on non-classical cases of emancipation. And do they work or don't they work? So the Yomar is the final, last line, 39B. Evet Baschar Let's say an eved, sla- this is talking about an kanani kenani, a non-Jewish slave, a non-Jewish servant, marries a Jewish woman in the presence of his master. So the halacha is top of top of mem So say the halacha is that the eved goes free. The eved goes free. Look at Joshi yatsalacheros. The ilab the shachre. So we'll say, so what's the logic behind that? Because here, the Ebed is engaging in an act that only a free man can engage in. He's marrying a Jewish woman, and he's doing it in the presence of his master. Were it not that his master had already set him free, his master would not have allowed this to occur. Only Rabbi So Rabbi Yochanan said, Wow, you have such an incredible ruling in the name of Rebbe in your hand. And yet I have to tell you, I have a different ruling. So listen to this case. So this is Rabbi Yochanan's case. If a master... Writes a star erosin, Remember again, you could be makadish woman in three different ways: bekesef, b'shtar, ubebia. So a man writes a shtar erosin, which is being makadish woman with a star to his shivcha, to his to his non-Jewish maid servants. So what's the status of such an erosin? Rabbi Meir Rabbi Meir says that she's mikudashas She works. The say no, ena Mikudashas, That she is not betrothed. So we'll say, so remember, again, you see from here that what? Now, we would assume that this case over here is the equivalent to the other case. Remember, they're really just two sides of the same coin. In case number one, the slave was marrying a Jewish woman, a Jewish woman, and Rabbi Yochanan, excuse me, and Rabbi said, I'm sorry, yeah, and Rabbi said that the slave goes free because the master would never allow this if the slave were not freed, and yet, again, in the the, kind of in the Sister case, which is the master marrying the slave woman with a shtar. So the Chachamim say that such a case does not work. So it says, -hmm. how do we resolve this apparent contradiction? Mm -hmm. We will see later on that there's a case of where if the slave goes ahead and puts on tefillin, that that's also a sign of his freedom. And we will qualify that case to mean that that's only a situation where... The master put the tefillin on the slave. If that's the case, (coughs) then that's a manifestation of his freedom. Oh, what's the case here? Well, say the case here is not simply where what? Where the slave is marrying a free woman. Rather, what's happening over here? The master is marrying off the slave to a free woman. The fact that the master is an active party... In marrying off this woman indicates that what? That he has indeed freed the slave himself. <speaking in Hebrew> so could it be that there'd be a situation where the master himself, if he tried to do something, it wouldn't work, which Allah says the case of marrying the shifra. And yet again, I'm sorry, is there something that for his Evid would not we would not do in Israel, like marrying him off to a free woman? But yet he the i but the master himself would commit an Isra by marrying the Amr Amrav Nachar by Yitzchak What are we talking about over here? The Amr law. Seibo v'hiskad shibo. Oh, said the case of the shtar eresin is the following, where the master says to the shivcha, he gives her a shtar Irasin, and he says this shtar eresin essentially is going to accomplish two things. Number, number one it's going to affect your emancipation, and number two. It's going to affect your kiddush. In other words, this is a, this is a, this is a powerful star. Look at Rashid. So i we'll say, so remember, the case over here is where he's saying, take this star and become emancipated, become emancipated and mikudashas with this one star. So what he's saying over here is, I have not yet freed you. I have not yet emancipated you, but through this star, you will become emancipated as well as as well as So in that case, what's the halacha? What's the status of the Kidushin Rabbi Meir Savar Yesh Blosh, Lashon Meir says that within that, this is a proper formulation for emancipation. But Savri, in belashon haza, lashon The Rabbanan, on the other hand, hold that this is not a proper Lashon of shikhrer. I must understand the novelty here. So, interestingly enough, Rabbi Meir seems to say that Hariat Nikudesh Asli is a proper Lashon of emancipation. Isn't that interesting? Now, the truth is, if you understand the logic, it makes sense. Why does it make sense? Oh, because there's no other way for Kedushan to take place. Unless, of course, there's shikhr. So there definitely is a logic in it. The Rabana, on the other hand, is saying no, the only proper lushan for shikhr is what? A real explicit lushan of shikro that I am hereby actually freeing you. Amrab Shoban Levi, Evad, Evad Shinia Tfilan Mithnai Rabo, Yatzalakira. So Shoban Levi says that if a slave put on Tvillin in the presence of his master, remember again, this case is not as dramatic. And evad does not put on Tvillin. Why doesn't an Evan put on tfilin Because we are also saying Eved is remember an Ever an and Ever Kinani is quasi Jewish, but he's only Chayev and Mitzos like a woman. Therefore he's exempt from mitzvah sasha as a time bound mitzvos And tfilin, at least the way we pass in, is a time bound mitzvah. It's a big machlokes. But it's a time bound mitzvah. And therefore, again, if an evet put on tefillin in front of his master, yotzal <laughs> <laughs> So ultimately, again, he goes free. And also, now, the idea over here is if the evet puts on tefillin in his own room, so that's not a demonstration of his freedom. The idea over here is what? He's putting it on in front of his master and what? And what? And the master is not objecting. So because of that, we assume we take that to mean that the slave is free. So mesve, the gemara is the kasha. Well, so listen to this. Rabo. Also, this is an interesting case. If the master borrowed money from his Eved kinani if he borrowed money from his Eved apatropus, or the master made the slave an Apotropos, made him in charge of the estate, or if the slave put on to in the presence of his master, or if the slave was the Balkore for an Aliyah in Shul, Bithnei Rabbo, all of these cases in all of these cases, the slave does not go free. In other words, as much as all of these seem to be activities of a free man, nevertheless, they do not create the ability for the slave to go free. Um, ra, bara, what the Tzor-Bose says, that's a contradiction. Because before we just said, that if the slave puts on tefillin, that is demonstrative of his freedom. Now the price is clearly saying that if the slave goes free, it's what? It's not demonstrative of his freedom. So which one is it? To which the Gemara says, Kisherabo hiniach The case is where, what the Tzor-Bose say, where the master put the tefillin on the Eved. If the master put the tefillin on the Eved, then Eino such a case like that would ultimately, again, be grounds for, would actually be demonstrative of the Eved's newfound freedom. So again, here's the distinction. If the Eved himself puts on tefillin, even if it's in the presence of the Rebbe, of the Master, apparently that does not indicate freedom, because the truth is, the Master might just be too apathetic, too indifferent, or just not care enough to be able to say anything. But, if the Master himself places the tefillin on the servant, that's demonstrative of the servant's newfound freedom. Kiaser Rav Dimi, I am Rav Yochanan. When Rav Dimi came along, he's sitting If someone said this is the master, if the master said at the time that he was dying, Plonis shivchasi al yistabdu ba la'achemosi. My maid servant, Plonis, my maid servant, I don't want you to enslave her. I don't want you to work her after my death. So what's the halacha? the law So we go ahead and we compel the inheritors, and they write for her a document of emancipation. Okay? so we, we we compel them. We compel them to divorce her. I'm sorry. We compel the the inheritors, to free her. Amru the fun of Asi. I'm sorry. So Rabbi Amin, Rabbi Asi said, this is ultimately to Rav Dimi in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi, why would you force the Yarshim to go ahead and free the maidservant? Because if you free the maidservant, the children also lose out on what? On the ability to ultimately have her future offspring. So what they were suggesting is that when the individual on his deathbed says, Al Yishtabduba, don't go ahead and work her hard. He's not necessarily telling the Yershim to emancipate her. What is he telling them? Don't give her hard work. Right? Meaning she can remain a shifcha, but don't give her hard work to do. So they say, so that's the machulkes of so Rav Dimi understands that in this case, when the guy says on his deathbed, Don't go ahead and enslave. Don't work my don't work my shivcha too hard. We force the yarshim ultimately to emancipate her. On the other hand, these other rabbis say no. What he's really just saying is don't work her too hard. But we're not commanding. The father was not commanding his offspring to go ahead and emancipate her because if they emancipate her, they they not only lose her but they lose her offspring as well. So the gemara goes weiter. Misha Misha Misa So if someone says at the time of his death Plonit Shifchasi Korasurach Asasali. So if a man says on his deathbed, my maid servant, she provided me much Korasurach. Korasurach also means like inner quality. In other words, she was a good shifcha. She worked. She worked hard. So what's the halacha? Kofin as hayarshin We forced the yarshin. To go, ahead and to go ahead and give for her inner quietude. How do we give her inner quietude by emancipating her? Select so like Rav Dienu. We us to emancipate my Mitzvah say what's the logic here? Because it is a mitzvah to go ahead and uphold the words of the dead. Amra Meimar Ameimar said, Hamafkir Avdo. Hamafkir Avdo. Osa Eved in lo if one goes ahead and makes his Evet Hefker, so ultimately again, Inlotakana. Mm-hmm. Now we're going back a little bit to what we said what we were yesterday. So if you make your Evet Hefker, the Evet is stuck in limbo. Rashi says, Inlotakana filo b'shtar. Even if you try to emancipate him with a shtar, it's not going to work. My time, what's the reason? Gufe lo kanile, Isurahu de Ikagabe. The Isura Lomazi Maknile. So, both say, listen to this. This is actually very interesting. The Gemara is suggesting that when it comes to an Eved and Eved Kinani, there are two parts that make up the identity of the Eved Kinani. One is an Isr Guf and one is an Isr Mamum. The Isr Guf means that the owner of an Eved Kinani actually owns his Eved, he owns the body of the Eved. The other is an Isr The Isr is that the avid Kenani can't marry a Jewish woman. When a Jewish master makes his avid Kenani hefker, what he essentially is what? He's relinquishing the financial claim, the guf of the avid Kenani. But nevertheless, what still exists, what still exists is the isser. The problem is, the only way to remove the iser is if you remove it together with the guf, with the iser guf. And that can only be removed, how? Through Ashtar Shikhr. In a case where a master is Meshachar, where he makes makes the Ebed Hefker, he first removes the financial claim to the Ebed, which is fine, which is good for the Ebed. the problem is what? There still remains the iser. And there's no way now to remove the isser. So the Evid himself is stuck in a little bit of limbo, being technically free, but still being unable to marry a Jewish woman. To which the Gemara says, Amr <speaking in Hebrew> Rav said that whether you're makdish your Evid, you can consecrate your Evid, or you're makkir your you make your Evid hevker. The evet goes free, but the evet requires a get sheikh, requires a document of emancipation. So he said, It is true. He requires a document of emancipation, but you can't give him that document of emancipation. Others have a different version of this. If someone made his evet hefker and then the master died, that Evid Rabosa is stuck. He doesn't have any remedy. Why, my gufe lo Because now that the master master made him hefker, so the master doesn't have any rights over the body of the abed. but there does still exist this iser to marry a Jewish woman. and again, that iser is not inherited by the sons of the master. Therefore, there is no one to free that eved from that iser, and therefore it remains on the Said, mar, me, am but what about the fact that Rabbi Yochanan said before that Lemaissa so, again, if you remember, Rabbi Yochanan was one, Rabbi Yochanan, that was the case of the guy who said on his deathbed that my shivcha was good, take care of her, give her korasurach, don't, don't be mishtabed her. And again, we said in that case that what happens, we force the Yarshim to give a get shekher, to which the gemara says, Rabbi tausahi, the Yemar something very interesting. The Imari suggests that Rav Dimi, the Imari suggesting over here, that the statement of Rav Dimi was mistaken. It was a taus. It's a wrong yursa. What's the mistake? Dilo He b'lashon shichra. The reason that case was a mistake was because the master did not use the father, did not use the lashon of shichra. He just said, A-yishtabdu. So if you just say, A-yishtabdu, that's not enough ultimately to cause the urshan to free the avid. I but ha amra beloshin shichrur ha chinami. But you see from here, that what that if the father would have used Alashan loshin of shichrur, that, that it would have worked. Armalei ana kidraf shlova yehuda So he said, I hold like Rav Yehuda bar Shmuel. So what say? So what did Rav Yehuda bar Shmuel say? Rav Shmuel Yehuda said. Rav Shmuel Yehuda said that if ainachinami, if a man said. Bishas misoso, that I that my my shifcha took good care of me in my lifetime. Take good care of her. That ultimately we go ahead and force the yarshim to emancipate her. But that's based on mitzvah of the kaim diavre hames. So the gemara says the gemara says hahu. Uh, this is another story. Hahu discarded the avdi. This dam in the It was an interesting case. There was a discarta, rashi says a Kirya, There was like a city, a city of avadim that were owned by Jews, and the city was sold, this meaning the, the, the Avaldin were sold to Gentile masters. So what happened? What happened? Uh this Kalu Maravsa Basray. So what happens? The the, the secondary owners, I if I was you just imagine this case, so there was a city of avadim that were owned by Jews. The Jews sold the slaves to non Jewish masters. The non-Jewish masters died. They all died. So what happens? So the slaves came before Ravina. So Ravina advised them, go back to your first masters and have the first masters write for you a get shikr in order that you can go ahead and marry a Jewish a Jewish woman. So they we'll said so take a look at Rashi. Rashi says, Asuha Avadim, Lakami do Avina La Tim no So these slaves came before Avina because they wanted to marry Jewish women. So Avina said to them, Ahaju Adne Marasaihu Kamoi, Hazu Abbene Adonikem Harishonim, Ubikshumehem get Getcheros. <laughs> So go back to the sons of your first masters, the Jewish masters, and ask them to write for you a get a get shikher. So I'm related to the Ravina. So the Rabbi said, Ravina, v'hamar amemar, ha'mafkir avda umes osa evet ein but what are you doing? We learned, that's what? That if somebody makes their evet Hefker and then he dies, that evet doesn't have any remedy because the children can't write to get Shekhar. Rashi says, In lo takana, di isur vahanami kizabne." So remember again, this all goes back to when you saw this big idea, which is that when a, when a, when a Jew owns an Evid, there are two parts that the that Evid the has. One is that the Evid's body, his guf, is kanui, is, is acquired by the Adon. And the other part is an isser, is a prohibition to marry Jewish women. Now, under normal circumstances, both of those issues are resolved at once. How? With the get shikhrer. You give your evid a document of emancipation, it removes both things at once. The issue over here is when you begin to divide up these processes. So if a master makes his Eved after, what he has relinquished is his rights, his monetary rights to evid. I no longer own the evid. But the Isra piece is still there. We've run into now a technical issue, which is the Isra piece by itself cannot be removed. Well, technically, it can mean, again, if the master himself were to go ahead and write a get Shekhar, he could resolve the iser piece. That would take care of it. The issue over here is, let's say, when the master dies, so now technically speaking, that iser piece is still there. The problem is, the iser piece is not inherited by the children of the master, which means now that what? They can't write to get chihr, which means what's the status of the Avid? He's stuck. He stuck. So in this case over here, these Avadim went to the sons of their masters. Actually, they went to Amemar. And Amemar said, no problem. Just go to the sons of your Jewish... Their Jewish masters had subsequently died. Go to the sons of your Jewish masters and let them write to get Shekhar for you. The rabbi said, Tamimar, that doesn't work. Why? Because when the Jewish masters sold their avodim to the non-Jewish masters, the non-Jewish buyers, essentially what they did is they relinquished their monetary rights to the guf of the Ever, which means the isser was still there. So technically speaking, if the original Jewish masters were alive, you could go back and get a get-shikhrer, but now that the original Jewish masters died, then what? That, that isser is not inherited by their children. Therefore, they cannot write a get-shikhrer for these avodim... Louis said to them, "Ana Kidravdimi s'irali. I hold the like, k'diravdimi, of the like, k'diravdimi, and Ravdimi, Rav boss, apparently holds that Lamais again the children can write a get shikher. Look at Rashi. K'diravdimi s'irali. The amr get Ravdimi is of the opinion <coughs> that the children of the master could also write the get shikher in order to go ahead and remove the iser piece. So Vigimara says." Um the Gimara says, Amrulay, Ravdimi tausihi Ravdimi sheet so is a mistake. Amrulhum Maita what's the mistake? The Umra Balashan Shikhr. Oh the problem is that in Ravdimi's case, the Rav didn't use of Shikhr, Lushana of emancipation. Ha Umra Balashon Shikhr Hachenami. But if he were to go ahead and write Lush of Shikhr, then it would work. The, Rabbon, Rabosei, the Aloha is the Gemara says like so, we'll say, so what does that mean practically for us? Bottom line. So listen to this. So the Rambam in Hilchos The Rambam in Hilchos Um The Rambam in Hilchos Avodim. Perak Ches Halacha Yud Gimel. Just one second. I'm sorry. Perekhez halokhi, El Gimol writes the following. Very simple Ha HaMafkir Avdos. We'll say, so bottom line, what is the halacha? If you're Mafkir, you're If you make your Ebed Hefker, what's the You halokha? Yolatzalechiru. So first of all, if you make your Ebed Hefker, the Ebed goes free. Vitzarich get shechrur. But the Ebed still requires a get shechrur. Ve'emes ha'adon shefkiru, yoresh kosev lo get shechrur. So he says, first of all, even if you make your Ebed Hefker, you still have to write a Get Shekhar. Because as we said before, Hefker only removes the claim that the Adon has against the guf of the Ebed, but doesn't remove the Isser. So you still require a document of emancipation. And furthermore, if the master makes his evad Hefker and dies before writing a Get Shekhar, the children have the ability to write a Get Shekhar. See, now you know what to do in case... The situation presents itself. So says the Gemara, Ha'u Avda, the Beit Shrey, We must listen to this case, there was an Eved that was owned by two people. We're actually going to spend some time talking about this kind of case because it's interesting where you have an Eved that's owned in partnership. Two Jews own an Evid Kenani, and what happens, the interesting case that comes up is when one of the partners decides to emancipate his part of the Ebed, which is going to yield a very interesting case of Chatsi Ebed, Chatsi Ben Choren, Chatsi Chatsi, not just shawarma and chicken, right? It says, right, so the Chatsi Chatsi case is going to be a very interesting case that we're going to deal with. So the Gemara says the following, listen to this, to <laughs> There was an Eved Kenani, who was the property of two Jews. What happened? So one of the partners got up, and he emancipated his part. So so the other partner got nervous, and said, oh... I know what's going to happen. The rabbis are going to knock on my door and they're going to force me to emancipate my partner. Because we're going to see that when you have a situation like this of a ben-chorin, the beast forces the remaining partner to emancipate his half. Because also the problem is that a chatzia v'chatzia ben-chorin is in absolute limbo. Why is he in limbo? He can't marry a shivcha. He can't marry a maid servant because he's... Partially Jewish, so to speak. He also can't marry a free woman, a Jewish woman. Why? Because he's a chatz evet. So in that case, he would resolve it is we force the remaining partner. So this other partner is nervous that the rabbis are going to knock on his door and they're going to force him to emancipate his chilek of the evet. So what's his chaf? What does he do? This is interesting. Azal akni libno katan. So he went ahead and he transferred, he was makna his ownership interest to his young son, to his minor son. Now what is that? Do Rashi says a baysdin doesn't force a Katan to do anything. So because of that, he figured, you know what? It's like an it's like, like, like evet shelter. So he goes there and he goes in and he places the evet essentially in the ownership of his young son. So what happens? This is actually an interesting case. So the Gemara says <laughs> so Rav Yosef, the son of Rav, sent to, sent to Rav Papa. Kenya Aselo, What this guy did is going to be done to him. Gimulo Yoshiblo Show. listen, you want to play games, we'll play games with you. We know that children like shiny coins. Children like shiny coins. will say, and the interesting part is not because children value money, but because children value nice, shiny things. So we know children like coins. So what are we going to do? Bezdin is going to go ahead and what? Bezdin will establish for this child an apotropis, meaning uh, an apotropis is like, um, what's the right word, a, um, an administrator. Uh, but it's like an administrator, guardian, trustee. You know, someone ultimately, again, who's here to manage the affairs of his best interest. And therefore, what we're already going to do on the base, Omekarkish will will jingle the change in front of the child. Because say, understand, we're not trying to cheat the kid. In other words, we're going to get the kid. It's the apotropis' obligation to get the child the fair value of the Eved. But because the child likes coins, when we ask the child what he would like to do, would he like the money or would he like the Eved? We know he's going to choose what? The money. But we'll say again, because of the innocence of children, it has nothing to do with the value of the money. It has to do with the fact That his ownership interest in another person is really very irrelevant to him, but shiny coins is very pretty. So what do we do? We're going to jingle the coins in front of him. The fair value, the fair value of his ownership interest, he's going to accept the coins because of, like, and therefore we will, we will, we will be able to, um, excuse me, to emancipate the remaining part of the other. Fine. Ploni Abdi Ben Another interesting case: If a master says, "I made my eved," "I freed my eved," "I freed my eved," or Asui Ben Khorin. or my eved, my eved is a Ben Chor. My eved has been made into a Ben Chorin. Harehu Ben Chorin, or behold, my eved is a Ben Chorin. Harehu Ben Now these are all different lashons of emancipation. So if the Adon says any of these Lushonos, right, either Asisi, Ploni, ben, ben Chorin, Asri, Ben Chorin, Haryo, Ben Chorin, these are all valid, valid, um, valid articulations of emancipation, and the evidence is free. However, uh, Senu, Ben Chorin, I will make him free. Rebbe Omer Khan, the No so we'll say, so in that case, Rebbe says he's free, and the Chomno say he's not. Look at Rashi. Uh, Senu, Ben Rebbe Omer Khan, Dahi Mashmah, so both say, So Rabbi says, When you say Lashon of Ayasana Ben-Khoron, that means is I will make him a Ben-Khoron with the document I'm giving him now. So even though it's a future Lashon, Rabbi understands it refers to a present process. It doesn't work. Why? Look at Rashi. She'en zu elahav tocha she'ya'asano Ben-Khoron. K'zobo said the Chachamim say, that the Lashon of Senu ben is what? Is a promise about the future. It's not a statement that he actually freed him. It's just a promise that I'm going to free you. L'acher Zman, U B'Shtar Akhara Va'adayin Lo'asaf. Fine. Am Rabbi Yochanan, the Kulim and Rabbi Yochanan said, all of these cases that we're talking about are not where you're articulating these Lashonos, rather what? You're writing in the Shachat said, articulating, articulating a Lashon of, of Emancipation is absolutely meaningless. The only type of lush, the only time that these L'Shonos are relevant is when? When you're actually writing in a document. Look at Rashi. Those are very important. So Rabbi Yochanan just says, which everyone agrees with, is that all of this is time where you're actually writing these expressions. Fine, 10 Rabbanon. Haomer nasati sade plonis leploni nisuna leploni harihishalo. In all these cases, harihishalo. So let's say a person says now. Once we start talking about this by an we, we we discuss a similar case by by a field. What's the case over here? A person says, "I gave my field to ploni, right? Nasati sade plonis leploni. I gave so and so field to so and so, right? Right in the leploni." Ultimately, it's considered as if it's given to him. Hari <clears> hishalo, <throat> right? Ultimately, if I say this field belongs to so and so, then it works. Et nana Leploni, what if I say I'm going to give a field to Ploni? Rabbi Meir, Omer Kana, Rabbi Meir says, even though this is a future expression of giving, it works. Because we assume what it means is, I'm going to give the field to Ploni to with the star that I'm giving him, with the, with the shhtar that I'm giving him now. Vechom lechom say, no. Any type of future, Allah shall is what? Is an expression of an intent to give, but does not represent an actual conveyance. And are, therefore, on Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan says, by the way, the Kulan bishtar Again, same case. So it's like, all of these cases are only talking about, a verbal declaration is meaningless. All of these cases are only meaningful if what? If it was actually written in the document. A little bit by it. Talabana. She will there's another interesting case. Haomer, asisi Ploni, Abdi, ben Horin, If a master says... I made my servant a ben So right, the master says, I freed my Ebed. Vahu Omer, lo asa'ani. listen to this. The servant says, No you didn't. I'm not free. So what do we do in a case like that? So chayshinan shema zika lo ayeve'aher. In a case like that, listen to this. We assume that what happened over here, that it could be, that's what occurred, that lemaisa, lemaisa. thank you. In a situation like that, in a situation like that, we assume that, what shall <laughs> we We assume that Lameisa, maybe the Adon gave the Getshecher to a shaliach. The shaliach acquired it on behalf of the Eben. Now remember, a shaliach can do that. Why? Why? Because Zach and the Adam Shalom we assume that becoming free is a zuchus, is a benefit for the Eved. Therefore, someone could acquire on behalf of the Eved even without the Eved's knowledge. So, therefore, it must have happened in this situation that what? That the Adon gave it to the Eved. The, the the, the excuse, me, the, excuse me, the, Adon gave it to the Shaliach. The Shaliach acquired on behalf of the Eved. And the Eved was just simply unaware of what occurred. Hence the discrepancy. The Adon saying you're free. The Eved saying no I'm not. But the Eved really not knowing that in fact he is actually free. So next case. But if the Adon says I wrote to get Shikrar. And I gave it to you my Eved. And what? And the Abed says, No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You didn't write anything. You didn't give me anything. we we'll say, in that case, we're again, see, what's the difference in this case? The difference in this case is that the Master is saying, I gave it to you. I literally gave it to you myself. And the Abed is saying, Well, how you draw me up Never happened. In that case, we'll say we say, when you when you when you are entitled to something and you say, No, it never <coughs> happened, when, when you admit that you did not get something that someone else is saying that you already have, we believe your admission that you did not receive it. Next, how omer nasati sa similarly, if what if the master says, I gave so and so field to so and so. For who omer lona only and the recipient says, never got it. I right? never received it. So in that case, we assume that the conveyor is not lying. Rather, again, what happened is he gave it to an agent. Right? He gave it to, he, I should say, he had an agent acquire it on behalf of the recipient. And the recipient was simply unaware that he is now the proud new owner of a field. However, He lo. If the, if the owner of the field said, Look, I wrote a shtar and I gave you, I gave it to you directly. And the recipient says, Never happened. Then what? What's that? baldin edin dami. Then I say, In that case, we assume that what? We believe the recipient. Because again, If the recipient is admitting that he does not own something, that the conveyor is, that the conveyor is giving over to him, then Lema'i says again, baldin means when you admit that you do not—that you do not have something that, technically speaking, you are entitled to, based on the admission of someone else, you are believed like a hundred witnesses. So the Gemara asks. By the way, mi ochal I will say now what the Gemara is asking over here is in this case, which is interesting. In this case, where let's say again, the owner of the field says, "I gave," I wrote the star and I gave you the field, and the recipient says, "Never happened." So now the and Therefore we believe the recipient to say it never happened. Who eats the fruit of the field in this interim period? So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, um, I'm sorry. Chista says, well it's obvious the Onosin, which is the original owner of the field, eats the peros, because at this point in time it's been proven that it remains in his rishos. The Rabbah Amar Meshashn Saperos, Rabba says we put the fruit in a trust until we resolve what's going on over here. So he says the they're not arguing, Haba Abba Habibra. One is talking about a case so the father, one is talking about the case of so the What does that mean? Take a look at Rashi. That's actually very interesting. Rashi says, Haba, Aba habira habibra. So I will say if, let's say if there's Reuben and Shimon, Reuben is the present owner of the field, and Reuben says to Shimon, Shimon, I gave you the field. I wrote the star, and I gave you the field. And Shimon says, never happened. So we'll say, what's the in that case? Shimon is believed. Shimon is believed. Reuben is still the owner of the field, and therefore it goes that saying that Reuben eats the fruit of the field. Right? Aval, listen to what Rashi says. But I will listen to this case. If Rubain was saying, I gave the field to Shimon, or I sold the field to Shimon, and Shimon, and remember, Shimon died. Shimon died. But Shimon's son says, My father never had ownership of this field. In that case, I will say, that what? That maybe a transaction did occur, but what? But the son of Shimon doesn't know about it. In that case, Misham Shalin. We allow, we put the payros kind of in a trust with a third party until we resolve what it is exactly that's going on over here. Fine. So let's go a little bit lighter. Says the Mishnah. Mm-hmm. Now this Mishnah is going to read a little bit strangely. So we'll read it and then we're going to understand it in the Gemara. So if you have an Eved, whose master made him an apoteki for Achin. And say, apoteki. Apoteki is a contraction for apotehei koi, which means essentially collateral. Now let's say again, the Adon, the master, borrowed money from another party. And the master said, in the event that I cannot repay my debt, apotehei koi, this Eved, you will take payment from my Eved. This Eved will, will be payment for the loan. So, and what happened? And what happened? The Shikruro And the rabble said, this is actually an interesting case. The master, it sounds like the master emancipated his servants. So what did the master do? The master just emancipated the source of repayment for the debt. So what's the Shura Sadin Aina eved chayev klum. So was according to the strict letter of the law? The eved doesn't owe anyone anything. But for the benefit of society. Kofen es rabo. ben We forced the master to make the Eved a free man. And again, we'll discuss in the Gemara what exactly this means, because it doesn't really read well. The kosef Eved, v'kosef, excuse me, the Kosev Shtar al-Damav. And we'll say, it sounds like that the Eved writes Shtar for his value. Again, we'll see in the about what this all means. Rabbi Shemak Amliyol Omer, in a Kosev al-Meshachar. Rabbi Shemak Amliyol says, the Eved does not have to write anything, rather the Meshachar, the one who emancipated him, has to write a document for his value. So it says the Gemara, So we'll say, we'll just read this line and then we're going to stop here. So who emancipated him? Omar Rabboshom. So really, it's the first master. So we'll say, so the case that the Gemara is setting up over here is what happened. What happened in this case is the first master, will call him Ruvain, who was the master, borrowed money from Shimon and collateralized Ruvain collateralized his Evet for the payment of the debt. And what's the case over here? The case over here is where then Ruvain subsequently emancipated his Evet. Now, of course, the mission is going to tell me, obviously, if he emancipated his Evan, what he also did is what? He also took away the collateral of the debt. So, we'll stop over here for today, but tomorrow we'll discuss then what the ramifications of the debt are when ruling the borrower ultimately goes ahead and removes the collateral. So, let me just share with you a short idea from the parasha.